Hey, good morning. Today's daf is daf Pei Vov. Today's shir is Le'ilu Nishmas Yocheved Baschan and and Shaina Bas Yitzak. May the Neshamas have an Aliyah and may the memory be a blessing. It's also for a full shleima of Shoshana Rus Bas Shaina Liba. May she have a complete and speedy recovery. Um, Okay, so let's go into the Gemara. Yes, we're going to go from the bottom of Pei Hei Amud Beis, 85B, but just to get back into it. So in the Mishnah, we're discussing a woman who takes a neder that her husband can't get benefit from her, from the work of her hands. And there were three opinions in what to do. Uh, one opinion, Tanakama said he doesn't even have to uh, annul it, because remember, her work of her hands is Meshubaj to her husband. He has the rights to it. So she can't take a net at banning him on those rights. Rabbi Akiva came along and said, Rabbi Akiva hold that no. Because the woman, anything over and above the set amount that's given in Masechah's tzuba, the woman owns. So if the husband wants to be able to get any benefit from anything above that amount that his wife earns or, pro- or makes or produces, then he should, that's, he, he would have to annul the netter, and that's why he should, that's why he has to annul it. Okay, not on the actual amount, but on that. And Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri comes along and he says, no, he has to annul it, and what's his reason? Shema yigrishenu v'tahi osra olav, in case he divorces her, and then she will become forbidden to him. I, if this woman takes a netter that her hands become forbidden to her husband, it seems Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri is saying, while they're married, the husband can still use, that's, that's the simple reading and the assumption at first is while they married the husband can use the, the projects because it's Meshubat law, but if they subsequently get divorced, then the netter kicks in and now they won't be able to get remarried because the net, there's a netter that this man can't get any benefit from her, so how are they going to live together from anything she earns or makes? So that's Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri's, and that's the opinion Shmuel says, that is like Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri. Now the Gemara is a little bit troubled by that, because that implies that you can magdish, you can sanctify something that does not yet exist. Again, we said in Dorim and Kodjim, remember Kodjim, you are sanctified through a letter. Can you declare an animal that's not yet born, or something you have not yet bought, or can you perform Kiddushin on a woman who is, has not yet converted, all these things, and it sounds, if he's saying the halacha is like Rabbi Yochanan Minuri, her neder is taking effect firstly on her future earnings or things she makes, plus only after she gets divorced. So it's a double in the future, something that is not yet in existence. Um, that the net has taken effect on. Seems that Shmuel holds. But we brought a contradiction because in another, elsewhere, Shmuel, don't want to go through that case now, but elsewhere Shmuel said the halacha is like Rabbi Yochanan Asandla. And Rabbi Yochanan Asandla in that scenario clearly holds. You cannot sanctify something that is not yet in the world. So the Gemara gave one, um, Rabbi Yosef gave one answer. And now we're going to go from the Fifth last line of 85b, we're going to give another answer. So, Ella Omar Rav Huna Braid Rav Yeshua, Rav Huna Braid Rav Yeshua says, But Omeres Yagdishu Yodailo Asaim. It's where she ha- says, My hands become Kodosh regarding everything that, sh- that, she, that they make. I, her hands, her hands, um, her hands are Kodosh and her hands are in existence. 
So it's not being sanctifying something that only will come into existence, it's sanctifying something that is in, in, is in existence at the moment. There exist. How can she sanctify them? How can she sanctify them? Aren't they Meshubad Labal? Don't they belong to her husband? And therefore this I mean this question works whether or not whether or not you learn like that you can be monkish something that does or does does not exist. Or even if you learn according to the one who says that you can only be monkish something that does exist, which we're saying her hands do exist, it's still a question because the nere can't take effect now. They mashubad, they belong to what they earn belongs to her husband. So the says, no, to Amra Lachi Migrashen, she says, it's, no, it's for when I get divorced. She says, ah, okay, fine. So that's all very well according to the one who says you can be Magdish, something that does not yet exist. But at the moment she has not yet divorced her husband. So who says when she says this that it will take effect? It is, is it not still? And be magdish davar shaloi ba'la olam. Again, what's he saying? He's saying I'm taking a netter now. Again, on her hands that she doesn't have any, that she doesn't have the rights to use. I mean, talk to their produce or the earnings for the few for when she gets divorced. That's still a netter that on something that does not yet exist. So we're still stuck. So Omar Rebilai, Rebilai says no. Oma ilu oimel chaveros sodezush ani moichelach lekeshechenom imchotagdish. Says, isn't this similar to a case of if a friend, someone says to their friend, this field that I'm selling to you, if or when I rebuy it from you, it becomes Kadosh. It's a very interesting, we're comparing two, uh, um, two seemingly two different cases, and the run explains as follows. Basically, the comparison is that a person um, can magdish something when even when his ownership over it is weakened. And basically the case of the woman um, magdishing her hands and the case of someone magdishing this saying, this field that I'm selling to you now, if I rebuy it from you it becomes Kodosh, both of them have an aspect of ownership and they have an aspect of weakened ownership. And then, so what are they? So regarding Mithira, the advantage is it's 100% his field, the, the case of where a person says I'll, the, regarding the selling of the field. It's 100% his now before he sells it. The weakness is that in the interim it's 100% not his. Because once he's sold it, it's not his, and he's saying, for when I buy it back. So that's the advantage and the weakness. Regarding Marcia hands is that she acts granted she doesn't have the rights to what her hands produce. That belongs to her husband. She does have she does own her actual hands. And she always owns her actual hands. So the weakness is that only when, it's, when she gets divorced does she have the rights to the payers of them, to what they produce. But she owns her actual hands the whole time. It never, her hands never leave being hers. So there's that strength and weakness. So therefore, Rebbe is saying that they are comparable. And just as that sanctification will work, so too the sanctification of her hands oh, that, yeah, also works. That's Rabbi Lai's suggestion. He says, no, Matki, Flo, Rabbi Yirmiya. Rabbi Yirmiya challenges. He says, you can't compare them. Basically, Rabbi Yirmiya is going to pick up on that they're very different strengths. 
the strength of the field again is that he actually owns the field and everything to do with it now. And the weakness is that he's not going to own it at all. The strength of the woman is that the goof of her hands belong to her the whole time, except she has no rights to the payros. So it's all very well to say they have a strength and a weakness, but they're very different discussions. And that's what he says. Me, Domi, you can't compare them. So this field that I am selling to you, he owns it now. He fully. But who says it's in the woman's hands to sanctify her? Uh, it's in, who, yeah, who says it's in the hands of the woman to sanctify her woman? It's almost using a pun on the word hand. Who says it's in her hands to sanctify her hands again because she has no rights to them while she's married? So you can't say, you can't learn from that case. So but he wants to say, he says, Holo Domia Ella. But actually there is another case which is similar to. And this is basically the, the structure of the rest of this piece is, we're going to try to find a comparison to answer and explain how she can sanctify her hands even though her husband has rights to them. And we've got to find a parallel in another case where we see someone who has no rights to something can still sanctify them. And that's, so what we just did again, so the one we just did is Rebbe Yirmiya, who says it's, that, well, we brought Rebbe Eli, that it's similar to the case of someone selling a field and saying, if I buy it back, it will become Kadosh, to the woman, we say that's not a good similarity. But let me give you a good similarity. What is that? Um, yeah. It's similar to a case where someone says to his friend, This field that I have already sold you, when I buy it from you, it will be Kodosh when I buy it from you. Is it Kodosh? I again. The field that this that his friend owns, now he comes on and says, when I buy that field from you, it will be Kodosh, is the same as this woman's hand, basically saying, when I divorce, when I get divorced, I will sanctify my hands. It's not in her jurisdiction now. And that's what he's saying. So that's his comparison. So Matki Flora of Papa, Rav Papa challenges, says, me, Domi, that's not a good um, comparison. Why? And this I think you could answer based on the discussions we've already had. Gabe Zvini Psikamilsa. By a sale, it is clear, it's complete, it's conclusive. Gabe Ishami Psikamilsa. By the woman, it's not complete. Again, by the sale, when I sold my field to you, I have zero rights in it. It's not mine at all. Whereas this woman's hands, granted, she doesn't have the rights to what she produces, but they are still her hands. The goof of them belong to her. She says, Holo Damiela. So what is a similar case to it? Someone who says to his friend, you know, just before we go into it, this is a type of deal where someone borrows money and he gives the field as a mashkon, as a pledge, but the lender uses the field and it slowly pays off the debt until until the borrower either pays off the debt or, or buys back the field for the shortfall. So that's the deal. Yeah. So he says, so someone says to his friend, If someone says to his friend, this field that I have set as a mashkon, a security for you, when I redeem it, it will be sanctified. Is it not kodesh? I, the Kedusha would take effect. Now this is now we're saying this is very similar to the case of the woman. Why? So again, the case of the woman is the woman saying, my hands are Kadosh when I get divorced. 
And here we're saying this is very similar to the case of this man saying, this field is Kadosh when I get my mashkon back. Both of them, they don't own the rights to the payros. They don't have the rights. The, the borrower doesn't have the rights to the produce of the field. And the woman doesn't have the rights to what her hands produce because it belongs to her husband. So that's the similarity. However, they both own the article. The woman owes her hands. And that field belongs to the borrower. So that seems so that's Rav Popper's suggestion of a comparable case. And what's the halacha regarding the field? It would be sanctified. So therefore we would learn from there that so too our hands would be sanctified. So Matkiflorav Shisha Braid Ravidi. Rav Shisha Braid Ravidi challenges that. He says, Milo Dami is Sodabiodalistois, You still can't compare them. Because by the man who the by the borrower the, it's in his power to redeem the field. Whereas the, it's not in the woman's power to get divorced. Remember, divorce purely depends on the husband. So he's saying, by the fact that the borrower can at any moment hand over the cash, pay and get the field back, it's, 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 you can view it as if it's in his power, as if it's in his rishos. So he has a much stronger control over this field, not only on the goof, because it's his field, but also the payros, because he could redeem it and get the rights to the payros immediately. Whereas this woman, granted the hands are hers, <coughs> it's not her ability to get control of the payros of them. That's actually up to the husband to divorce her. So, they, so the cases, so, we, so Rav Shisha, Brad Ravidi is saying those cases are not comparable. This field that I pledged to you for 10 years, when I redeem it, it is Kaddosh. Uh, this is very similar to the case we just mentioned of the borrower. But instead of it being until I redeem the, the deal, is here's my field for the money you're lending me until I redeem it, the deal is here's my field for the next 10 years for lending me the money. Now, um, that's the same as... That's the same as the, as the woman. Why? Why is it more similar to the case of the woman? Because just as it's not in her power to divorce and get control of the payros, so to here it's not in his power to redeem the field. It's only after, it's not in, yeah, so it's not in his power to redeem the field. So it's similar to the case of the d- divorce. Now what would the, the halacha there? Milo kodcha, would the field not be sanctified? So therefore, so to the woman's... Um, um, so to the woman, would her hands not be sanctified? So Matkiflor Ravashi, me domi. Ravashi challenges this, um, challenges this saying that they're not similar. He says, "Hosam kates ishemi isle kitzva kitzusa." Here, there's an end. It's a specific ten-year thing. Who says there's ever an end to this marriage? Divorce isn't a given. So, yeah. Okay. Um, in the, in theory, the husband doesn't have. There's there's no uh, definite that the husband's going to divorce his wife, and that's what. Whereas here, the field's definitely going to go back in ten years. So we see. So who has a stronger control? Does the borrower have a strong control of his field that's in the hand of the lender, or does the woman have a stronger control of her hands? Which are in the hands of her husband. Well, she has no control. So, like we're saying, 
the well, I mean, she does have. It's, it's her hair. It's her hair. So, uh, so, so the the land, the borrower has more control because he's definitely going to get the pay, get the full rights to it. Right? So this woman might remain, or please God, she'll remain married, happily married for the rest of uh, her life. And she will never get control of her hands again. I was thinking, even if the man gives her a divorce, if she goes to war, something like that, it's still not concrete. There's nothing concrete that there's going to be a divorce. Yeah. They can go to the club and they can do marriage counselling. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. That's, uh, that's what you're you saying. It's kitsuse. Is there an end to it? We don't mean that there's not an end. We mean yeah. there's no definite end. Um, There's a point I yeah, I just wanted to, there was a point I wanted to bring in. I'm just trying to remember it. Yeah. Okay. So Ella Omar Ravashi, rather Ravashi says now. This is interesting. Shiny koinamos, dechi kedushas haguftami. Koinamos, a neder is more similar to kedushas haguf. What do we mean by that? So remember, whenever you see the phrase kedushas haguf, what did you jump to thinking about? When someone sanctifies to something to the temple, there are two types. There's kedushas haguf and kedushas damim. Kedushas damim basically means I'm giving the temple this article, but it's really for its value. It itself is not holy, it's the value. You give your cell phone, you give a car or something like that, you give bricks to the temple, well, maybe bricks they would use, but still, it's not in itself holy, it's the value. They'll sell it and use it, use the money for what they need. Kedushas hakufu, when you sanctify something like a korban, like an animal that becomes a korban, that is holy. And one of the main ramifications, and this is where Ravashi sees the similarity, is that it can't be redeemed. If you um, make an animal that can be a korban, as a, you dedicate a kodosh for a korban, it can't be redeemed. So too, when you take a neder on something, you can't redeem it. I give you just to highlight it. You have two loaves of bread in front of you, and you say, oh, I take a neder, that loaf of bread is like a korban. You can't say, well, let me transfer the value to the other loaf of bread. You can't say, well, let me buy it and let the, let the neder fall on the money that I'm using that the, of the value of the bread. No, that bread is also, and there's no redemption. You can't redeem a, a, a koina. That's what he means. Ella Ravashi, almost shiny koina, must see kedushas haguf. I mean, they like kedushas haguf. Um... Says and therefore, the kiva. I'm just going to read it in the round. The kiva and the koina and kedushas haguf who mafkir midei shibud shehi mushubadim lebal v'chayil. Once we say that a koinam is like a like a kedushas haguf, it has such a strong holding on the article that it's taken on. It's mafkir midei shibud. Let's just see back in the Gemara. We'll come back to the round. Like if you have an article, if you sanctify something to the temple, or it's Pesach, so that article becomes Chomets, um, also is Chomets, or someone frees their slave, 
it removes the shibud. Let's just focus, we'll come back to the others, but let's just focus on the Hegdesh. Uh, even if for whatever reason my article is under your control, the standard example given is what's called an apotiki, is I borrow money and say, if I don't pay you, then this will be yours. You have a very, very strong lien on that article. I haven't, it's not like if I don't pay you, you can collect from my property or something. It's like, if I don't pay you, you can take this. It's, it's almost closer to a sale. It's not a sale because I'll pay you, hopefully pay you back the cash that I borrowed instead of having this article taken, but it's very strong. So how do you remove that? But a shibud of a shibud, so that's it's meshubad to you. That article is meshubad to you. However, a koinam is stronger than that. So for uh, let's go back to the case because remember we're comparing so it to a kolban. Yeah. So don't read just yet. Um, if I, if your that my animals under your control, whatever reason, and I take. Uh, and I donate it to the temple and make it a korban it gets pulled out of your shibud and becomes korosh and now it belongs to the temple and so to Barkoinam if my article we're saying the same thing Barkoinam if my article is by you under your control again it's my article but it's under your control and I take a neder affecting that article the neder takes effect pulling it out of the shibud in my mind if you want to visualize it it's uh, the the shibud is the safe that it's in. I the wife doesn't have access to the produce of her of her hands. It's in a safe as long as they married. The neder is strong enough to break through that safe. So just as we find a korban, someone making something, a korban is strong enough to break through the safe of the shibud holding it. Now, again, just to highlight it, how can we compare a neder to, uh, how, where does Rabashi get to compare a neder to a korban, to say that it takes that strong effect? Because it's like, because it's like Kedusha Saguf. What's one of the key points of Kedusha Saguf is that you can't redeem it. I can't say, oh, I know I made that animal a korban, let me get the value and buy another korban with it. Can't do that. You can't redeem it. So to with a netter. I can't say, oh, I took a netter on that loaf of bread. I actually, let me, let me put it on, let me make the money oser and I'll get another loaf of bread that will be oser. Can't redeem it. So we see how powerful the netter takes, it takes hold of the item to its root. And that's why it's strong enough to pull it out, to break it free from the safe of the, of the uh, shibud. I'm always scared to use um, illustrations like I've just used because you've got to check that it lines up with all the halachas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but I think that just sometimes putting it in a picture makes it a little bit easier. What I was trying um, to do with Roshashit, yeah. Well, let's and, see. Uh, um, Adam and you know, he's comparing the field. So you can say that I'm making the wheat, of the, you know, when, I, when the wheat is grown, it's going to be mine now. I'm going to donate it to the temple, so it's Kurdish, where the woman can't say anything. She, because he's, he can buy it, but, and he's got control over buying it. But the woman uh, has got no control over her hands, what she's going to produce. Yeah. That's how I saw it. Well, so the, yeah, so, I mean, those we're going through are the cases of the woman and 
third line in the run, last word, he says, It's basically what I just said, but he, I feel he often puts it very beautifully. He says, Since the Kainem is Kedushas Hakuf, as we've proven, because you can't redeem it, it pulls it out of, it takes it out, it removes it from the shibud that they are bonded to the husband. The netter falls and takes effect. And that's why Shmuel, again, this is tying it all back to why we're having this whole discussion. Paskins like Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri. Even though Shmuel holds, you can't sanctify something that is not yet in existence. Um, now again, this is this is why we got into this whole problem. Wait, if he can't sanctify something that is not yet in existence, how can she declare her hands kadosh? For when she's divorced. Yeah. That's not yet in existence. So he's saying no. So um, they do exist. And therefore she, it comes out that she is able to sanctify them through, pulling, through breaking this, taking them out of the shibud. Okay. So you're happy with that so far? We'll come back to some of the other points. Well, then why does she have to say, when I get divorced? Again, how have we just explained it? Her hands are under her husband's control. But the shibud's strong enough to break it. So Rabbi Yochanan Ben-Nuri didn't come along and say, she must annul it. It said she must annul it in case they get divorced. But it, it, it works now. So why are you saying in case of when they get... It, the, the, the neder is strong enough to pull it out of the shibud now, while they're married. So he says, no, tani v'od shemi yigrashenu. Add in, yeah, she's, it's freed now. But even if you don't want to come on to that, even if you're not happy with that, answer is the added factor of when they get divorced. So when, again, so when, Yoch, when Rabbi Yochanan Ben-Nuri said that he has to annul it in case she gets divorced, it's, he has to annul it because the Shibud pulls them out of the... They're not Meshubah. The, the, the Nere breaks them free from the Shibud to the husband immediately. So therefore he annuls it because it affects him. However, oh, and why does he say Shem? He's saying, and even if you don't want to go with that answer, you don't want to say that the... Koinam takes it out of the Shibud. You're not happy to say that. Maybe you want to say it's unique to Korbonos and not to uh, Koinam. Then there's another reason why he must annul it in, for in case when they get divorced. Let's just... Um, yeah. And that's the... Uh, so so that's, that's the overview... That's the overview of the sugya. So just to, to, to just to put it all together in, in a few lines without all the discussion. The Mishnah Shmuel came along and Paskin like Rabbi Yochanan Ben-Nuri. The difficulty is Rabbi Yochanan Ben-Nuri ascribes to the concept of Magdish You can sanctify something now that is not yet in existence. And Shmuel from elsewhere we know does not hold by that. He holds we don't say that. So therefore her neder on her hands should not be effective because she doesn't have control of them, and when she will have control of them is in the future, so it's not yet in existence. 
so 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 how can he pass like Rabbi Yosef Benuri who says that she does get control? So the final answer we've given is like Ravashi who says that no, her hands making taking a neder is like making something kedusha sagut, and we know from Rava that if you sanctify something kedusha sagut, it pulls it out of its shibud, it breaks it free of free of its shibud, and that's what. Uh, um, it breaks it free of its shibud, and therefore, when she takes a neder on its hand, it breaks it free of her husband's shibud, and it kicks in now. And they now her hands to do with what she wants with that neder, and that's why the husband must annul her neder. Now, and there's all and then just this last line, all rebios, my menuri added in in case they get divorced. But it kicks in from today. So who, why, why does he have to, in case they get divorced? This, this concept of Mafkid Midei Shibud happens while they're married. So he says, no. Yeah, Rabbi Yochanan Menuri was saying, even if you don't want to ascribe with this concept, there's still the concern that the netter will kick in when they get divorced. Again, because he holds Magdish Dovah Shaloi Bola Olam. But again, that wouldn't necessarily be a concern, according to Shmuel. So that, uh, now the whole sugya works out. Just to go in and fill in a little bit of information that we missed. Um, one point that probably should have mentioned yesterday, but it's relevant today. Just interest, just to think about this is more what we would call, I guess, lomdos, but in not going through the discussion, is uh, why would you not be able to dish something that is not yet in existence? So I think the simple answer is you can only be dish something that you have control over. Yeah. Or you can only take a net on something that you have at least to something we control over. That would be one answer. Another possibility is something that's not yet in existence. You don't say, you don't use, you don't have Gamiras Das. You don't have... Uh, no, um, Gamiras Das is uh, absolute conviction. Yeah. If I say, you know what, if you get the, manage to get that business deal through, then I will. It's, um, you know, I'm, I'm not as saying, you know, it with such conviction. So so when you, when I say, you know, if if you, one of the examples that I brought, you know, if so-and-so converts, then I'll marry her, or if um, my, the, when that cow gives birth, I'll give that calf to a korban. I'm not saying it with such conviction because it's not yet in the world. So those are two possibilities. Let's go back to this last Amud and just fill in the information. Robert came along and he said that um, a person can, uh, if a shib, if hegdesh chometz v'shichur mafkim midei shibud, making something hegdesh, something becoming chometz on Pesach, and freeing a slave, takes them out of their shibud. So what's the cases there? As I said, is with an apotiki. Um The hegdesh we discussed. If someone says to the creditor, "If I don't pay you, this shore is yours," yeah, the creditor has a very strong holds on that shore, the owner basically can't do anything with it. However, if the owner declares it Hegdesh, then it becomes becomes Hegdesh and it tears it free from the Shibuj to the creditor. Um, and that's basically the same thing with the slave. If the slave is an apotiki and then the owner frees his slave, the creditor can't come along and say, well, you can't free it, it's bound to me, it's Meshubad to me, it rips it from the Freeing the slave tears it out of the shibud. And the third one, Chomets, we know that Chomets owned by a Jew, 
becomes Osir after Pesach, or over and even after Pesach. Ch- sorry, Chomet's owned by a Jew over Pesach becomes Osir forever. Chomet's owned by a non-Jew over Pesach does not become Osir. Um, and and what happens so if let's say your Chomet is under a non-Jew's jurisdiction over Pesach you might want to say well it's his and therefore I can use it after Pesach no Pesach this that it becomes Chomet uproots it from its uh, uh, from its Shibud to the non-Jew and it would become Osur after Pesach Uh, I explained I explained um, in case they become divorced um, so I'm just not sure if the runs going in the in the Havamina that why do we have to wait for divorce? Or well, he's explaining the answer that we would have to get divorced. Um, but very simply, it seems that the Chazal gave the husband a very, very strong shibu, a very strong shibud on her hand, that they kind of override her nether. So she has to wait <coughs> till divorce. So the run then asks, well, wait, but then you're back where you started. If you have to wait till divorce, then it's something that's not yet in existence. So the run explains, no. This netter, the Orisa, is in existence and takes effect now. Just Chazal said, no, you can only act on it when divorced. So the, so, so the netter, so it's not a monthly something that's not yet in existence. Okay, let's do the next Mishnah. Um, basically, this Mishnah is, there are three aspects to the netter. There's the person who takes the netter, the expression of the netter, and the object that the netter is in regards to. If the if the husband gets any of those things wrong, his hafara doesn't count. But, pardon? If he gets the well, let's see. Yeah, if he gets any of those those three wrong, we'll see what I mean by any of those three wrong. So hafara doesn't count, but it also then doesn't necessarily count as him having heard about the netter. Let's let's see the Mishnah and then it will become clear. It says nodra bito. If it was his wife who took the netter, but he thought it was his daughter. I, someone came, maybe someone told him, says, you know, your daughter took an error, you must annul it, or are you interested in annulling it, when really it was his wife who took the netter, even if it gets the netter right. So the netter was that I won't, that all bread in the house is also to me. So, I mean, you can debate whether you can, yeah, that's in Inunefesh, so you can annul such a netter. Um, so he heard that his daughter took a netter that all the bread in the house is also, all the whiskey in the house is also to her. Um, then even though, again, he got the nere right, the nere was against all the bread or the whiskey now, and the, and the, he, so he got the nere right, and he got the atom right, the bread or the whiskey, he didn't get the person right. Or, not repeated the salvation, not Risha, similarly, if he, you know, he, it was his daughter who took the vow and he thought it was his wife. Or, not Rabbanazir, the salvation, not Rabbanazir, not Rabbanazir, not Rabbanazir. Or, he heard that the nere was that they, 
won't sorry the the I, again it's it's irrelevant now on the person but he thought the nere was to be a nazir the, the nere was to be a nazir and he thought it was to make an atom a karman or like a karman or the nere was regarding a karban and he thought the nere was to be a nazir so again do you see there what's he getting wrong he's getting the person right he's getting the he's just not getting the Nederat. Or Nodra Mita'inim Vasovish and Nodra Minanovim, Nodra Minanovim Vasovish and Nodra Minata'inim. He thought that the Nere the was regarding figs and he thought it was regarding grapes, or it was regarding grapes and he thought it was regarding figs. Hareze Yachzor Vyofar. He has to annul it again. His Hafara doesn't work. Um, so that, that's what I'm saying. He has to, he has to get all those three. It has to, he has to know who took the Nere. And when he announces the netter, it has to be for that person. He has to know what the netter is and what the item is. Um, and, that, and, and if he doesn't announce, if he announces it with one of those wrong, then his nullification doesn't count. He's cancelled, his hafora doesn't count. But as I mentioned, if he's told his daughter, let's say, remember, how long does he have to announce the netter? Yom Shammah on the day he hears it. So what happens if he's told the netter, told about the netter in the morning, and then he annuls it? He's told his wife took a netter in the morning, he annuls it, and then the next day he finds out it's his daughter, and he still annul it? Yeah. yeah. Because he can, he can now, because, because he can, because he only found out through netter. Basically, for all, he didn't hear about, about his daughter's netter. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and so too, if he heard the netter was in regarding whiskey, and it was in regarding bread, yeah. or figs and, uh, and grapes, so again, he didn't hear about the netter about. The reason why I said bread instead of was given instead of bread because bread would be a problem. You can't have person only bread because they stay full diet. I don't know. Well, that's then it's inu nefesh. Yeah. For I know for my wife to take a netter against whiskey, she won't drink it anyway. Yeah. So it's not a admanofi inu nefesh. Remember, we saw if she takes a loaf against a netter against two loaves of bread, one's past cable, which she wouldn't eat. It doesn't count as inu nefesh. So, I mean, there it was a question if you announce the whole net, it does it all annulate only the part on the bread that you would eat. But either way, um, we see that if it's something that they wouldn't eat anyway, might, might not be considered inu nefesh. Cake, yeah, cake or bread, or that's why I use cake or bread. I don't. Um, a netter against bread would take effect, even though it's a staple. You can take a netter against anything. It's, I mean, it's inu nefesh, and therefore the husband has a right to do hafara, but it doesn't mean it doesn't stand. Um, just to bring out one point, um, the Kahati puts it very nicely. He brings out there three sukim here. Um, one is, if a husband disallows her vow in the day that he hears it, then he shall revow her vow. And it's written, and her father hears her vow. And also, <coughs> but if her father disallows her, implying that it's effective only when it's specific to her and to her vow, the, the actual vow, um, and what she prohibited from it. Again, the three psukim, um, um, the, three, the three psukim are emphasizing these three aspects. The person who took the netter, was it his wife or his daughter, if he gets that wrong, what the expression of the netter was and the atom of the netter. Okay, we'll leave it there for today. We'll start the Gomorrah tomorrow.